0: Welcome to the Level Up Artist Podcast. We are your hosts, Adriana May and
1: Jackie Sanders. We are two art professionals sharing for the advice and business lessons we have learned along our creative journeys.
0: We talk to artists, leaders, and art professionals to demystify the creative process and discover new ways to succeed as a career-minded artist.
1: If you find value in these conversations, please go ahead and subscribe. This will help other creatives like you find our podcast, and you will be notified if we drop a new episode every Tuesday.
0: So on today's episode, we are actually going to be sharing with you the last studio update of the year. Um, And just giving you, since last time that we talked, kind of like we went into some wins and struggles and some new developments in our art practices and sustainability. So we're gonna do basically an update to that. shall you go ahead and
1: kick us off get us started sure i can't believe it's the end of 2020 already it's pretty crazy 2020 2022 (laughs) good gracious imagine if it was only the end of 2020 that would be (laughs) wild that's how you can tell feeling a little crispy with the holiday season Mm -hmm. if you're a new listener that's our analogy for when you're about to be burned (laughs) out but you're just feeling crispy just in there yep which we'll go into that later but i feel like i've done kind of a good way of avoiding that so far it's been a lot of early mornings which have been <laughs> great so when we're recording this in the evening that doesn't lend itself well but i i regress so um <laughs> the biggest thing that i've been working on in the studio the past month or two has really been my sunrise series um and so i've talked about it on my blog and on my newsletter but this has been a large-scale series of paintings for me um, of three foot by three foot works on panel which was really a big focus for this year as part of a united arts council grant that i received and you received one too as well Mm -hmm. so that's been a big focus for you too
0: yep yes it has and oh my goodness um i am honestly i'm actually glad things work out weird sometimes okay (laughs) in a good in the best ways because and we'll dive into that a little bit later but the fact that I got that grant led me in part to work on a larger series of work, which was part of the goal, right? Like they were helping pay with materials and whatnot. But then in turn, I've had some opportunities present themselves in terms of exhibiting my work. And I'm so dang glad I got that grant because, well, they're lining up. And yeah. those pieces, once they're completed, assuming they're not sold before the end of the year, they actually will have a place to be exhibited, which will be great. They'll make my studio look really, really empty when that happens. but. I'm okay with that. That means more (laughs) excuses to make more. All right. Yeah. I think that's
1: one thing that we've both been very fortunate enough having exhibitions kind of already lined up for 2023, Mm -hmm. which kind of putting it into perspective. I mean, ironically, going back to 2020, which in my mind, apparently it's still 2020, (laughs) but thinking back to where our art careers were then Mm -hmm. being able to plan six months, a year, two years out of exhibitions was very aspirational for me at least i'm like well one day i'll be able to plan that out and i think really a lot of the work that i know we've both been doing and what we talk about in the podcast a lot is starting to think that way and then plan accordingly and now i feel like we're both in the phases of our career where it's like the fruition of that planning and that prep and the networking and those opportunities with having the large scale pieces where they have a home but it is interesting i don't know about for you but for me like I was gonna have a or I do have an exhibition in March of 2023. So the series that I was making this year, I knew was gonna be on display the entire time I was making it. So it's been interesting making a body of work knowing that it's gonna be on display together. Mm-hmm. Plus or minus some new pieces or pieces that may sell along the way, but making a series knowing that there's gonna be an end date in sight is a very different process um and very unique than making work for just the ambiguous opportunity that may come up in the future. Uh Uh-huh. I mean, you've hit the nail on the head because
0: it's like just thinking about it, just a few years back, number one, thinking of making so many paintings on a large scale. Are you kidding? Like I mean, something slightly bigger than a laptop was already like felt kind of big. Yeah. And thinking of doing something like one of the pieces that I just finished this week. Six feet. Are you kidding? Like that's that's crazy. Just yeah. I don't know. It's it's amazing. (laughs) Um but I, a couple of years ago, I did do a commission where the paintings together were six feet, right. right. But it was still three canvases and thinking of no, this year so far, I've done several pieces that are four, five, six feet, um, in the same year, but knowing that as some of them find homes and others don't, the idea is the rest of them will be exhibited together. And just a few years ago, trying to wrap my head around that would have been so hard. Also, I was still navigating the whole. Um, Some of my paintings look very different, or Mm. my biggest series was maybe four paintings that I was doing around the same time. This is my longest running series, which I started mainly at the beginning of last year. So,
1: 2021?
0: Mm. No, I think I actually started beginning of 2022 formally. Yeah. Like towards the end of last year, it started to coalesce and come Mm. together. Officially, it started in 2022. But because some of these exhibitions are in 2023, I'm still making work for those. Yeah. Um, and so- typically that
1: happens, I feel like, especially if you're going either intentionally trying to create visual consistency with mm-hmm. your body at work. Mm-hmm. We talk about that a lot. And so especially it makes sense that, okay, towards the end of 2021, looking back, you can see elements of your now, yep. somewhat established style, have like clues from there. Very rarely is there like a stark stop and a stark a stark end and a stark starts to a new series <laughs> that's words
0: <laughs> words what are words
1: <laughs> so like it makes sense that it's that transition it mm-hmm. makes sense that you could see pieces of the puzzle and then starting in this year be very intentional with yeah
0: it. and normally I like in the past I would have several series of work right and they could still talk to each other they could still be somewhat cohesive but they had differentiating elements to them So technically in a way they could appeal to different audiences as well. Like Mm -hmm. somebody would like one series, but not the other, which is fine with me. Um, However, I think the way it kind of manifested this year was instead of just working on several painting series, what ended up happening, which we do have episodes on that, of course, Yeah. uh, what ended up happening is the way in which I expanded my body of work was with a new medium. So instead of being, oh, I'm doing several painting series, it's been one painting series, but with the addition of ceramics, which in a way is still and that was part of the goal these last few months and we'll talk about it later but um to create a series of ceramics that technically is still part of the same painting series right which just it's just insane (laughs) it's been a lot honestly but yes painting wise uh one of the biggest focuses to bring it back it back in um i would say things that we've been working on um Definitely focusing a lot of that time, especially as the clock ticks away and we get closer to the end of the year, which is uh, for the period of the grant is for work produced Mm -hmm. in 2022, 2022. (laughs) There we go. Um, So obviously I want to meet my goal of 20 larger paintings, at least 36 inches on the smallest side um and trying to bring it home bring it all together so um it's been uh oh I still have time I've done a lot of them already oh wait I only have one month left what how many more do I have to do (laughs) it's funny how that Um, sneaks
1: up on you you're like I got this I have the momentum I'm going I have plenty of time especially when looking at a series over the full year you're like a whole year to do it but as you mentioned like you kind of have other detours and caveats of your creative process this the series for our um accepted grants are not the only things we're working on we're also looking at other mediums other scale pieces product lines original art product lines so there are all these other elements juggling in-person events networking events um so the many facets of being an artist which i feel like that has been one of the biggest realizations for me of i mean there's so many realizations that this large-scale work has brought on and i'm very excited to like unpack that more um, but I'll share that on my personal newsletter. If anyone wants to subscribe to that, I know we both have started doing a lot more video Mm -hmm. about our processes individually. Mm -hmm. So check out both of our YouTube channels. If you want to know more about our individual works, um, but collectively (laughs) from a more of the business goal reflecting standpoint, I've really loved this year. Um, and especially this season, kind of thinking the quarter four is a lot of time. There's a lot more networking events. There's holiday parties. There's of those holiday celebrations where a lot of artists maybe are exhibiting their work, doing more pop-up shots, but also just more networking events. And I've really loved, I feel like that's been a huge win for me this quarter, thinking of the last three months of the year is focusing on those and something I want to do a lot more going into the new year. We'll record a whole other episode on goal setting for the new year. Um but that's definitely where both of our minds are right now of thinking, okay, looking back making decisions or reflections, and then looking forward of really loving, being able to celebrate the creative networking community that we have both in person and online. How can we grow that? How can we expand it? Um, both personally and professionally and with the podcast too. So like, that's definitely one thing I want to keep more at the front of my mind into next year, because the little bit that that was prioritized this year has really felt so, so good. So what are some other wins that you've had in this last quarter? Well,
0: I agree with you too, with that one. Cause in my mind I'm like, okay. Yes, networking. I mean it I feel like it's been really good, right? It does eat into a little bit of the studio time. Right. Which that's where I'm like. I need to be very intentional about where I go and which ones I have to skip. And luckily, because we do the podcast together and other projects together, it can be like, okay, are you available for this one? Can you take this one? And I'll take this yeah. one. And we'll still represent Divided our podcast. <laughs> Absolutely. So I'm I'm very lucky in that sense that it's not like I just missed out and that's the end of it. Um, it can be like, okay, can you fill me in? What happened? And I can fill you in. What yeah. Happened. So I feel like that's been really good, but I'm glad that when I've gone, I've tried to make the most of it and not just see it as, is this networking going to lead directly into sales necessarily just taking some of that pressure off and saying like no i'm going to have a good time and i meet other artists and something i've loved doing and i've been doing this for years now is collaborating with other artists mm. and i feel like that's a great way to get to know others and being like hey do you want to get together and make this thing together or sometimes it's just an exchange of ideas which is what we do here on the podcast but with that direct feedback loop, right? Like right there on the spot as opposed to you guys may send us DMs or emails or whatnot. Um after the fact, this is like an actual live conversation, which I don't know. That's been really nice. So I've definitely enjoyed that. Um some of the other wins, um speaking of those large paintings we just discussed is like, I mean, I'm actually glad they found homes. I mean, I know the bigger you go, it's kind of like a Sometimes the harder it is to find homes that are big enough to fit them. So there's that too. Yeah,
1: that's a huge thing when it comes to scale. It's yeah. both your intention, like the- it's not just
0: the budget, it's also does it fit right. in the space? Yeah. Um, so finding the
1: perfect collector with the right painting that's meant for them, with the
0: right home, with the right wall space <laughs> that's not already full. So um, it's been very encouraging the sales of the larger paintings and knowing there are folks that have space for them that enjoy my work, that want to support what I do um so more paintings will continue so I'm very excited about that um I mentioned uh earlier uh, just briefly the whole ceramics looking more and more like the paintings mm-hmm. which is great because I did have those moments of doubts of like am I just turning into a ceramicist and not a painter but at the end of the day is even though I am welcoming the whole making things with my hands and going sculptural I'm still painting on them. Like it's not like just a form, you know, the colors, the shapes, a lot of it are the same as my paintings. So that's been happening. Um, How about you before I keep with other wins? Yeah,
1: I'm trying to think of other wins. In addition to just the series itself, I think the biggest with the artwork itself, kind of similar going off of your ceramic iteration or expansion of your painting series. I'm super excited and I feel like I've been able to be very present with my creative practice lately which isn't always the case. And the kind of year after year, recognizing that this time of year is honestly when I'm most focused in my creative practice, which for many people, this is the most distracting time with like Mm -hmm. the holiday season and events and family and family commitments and just like all the things that come with the holidays. But I honestly find that quarter four in the past two, three years, especially I've been able to be the most focused um, and I actually feel the most um, inspired going into the new year. Um, I think a big part of that is being able to prioritize the early mornings again. Um, I was doing it over the summer, but with, and for those who don't know, for my creative practice, I love creating artwork in the morning. I feel like it's before the crocodile, actually, it's so, like there's oddball hours at like four, 430 AM. If you're on my Instagram story, you'd probably see it. Um, but the thing when you commit to an early studio practice in like December and January, you forget about in the summer how like it stays lighter later. So inherently mm-hmm. you're going to bed later um, and then not getting up as early. So I really struggle with that in the summer and even like fall of this year. So now that it's getting darker sooner, which... Not a huge fan of that, but it's easier to go to bed sooner, and therefore I wake up earlier. So that has something to do with it. But from an art making standpoint, I find by I've been prioritizing those mornings a lot, which have really just given me that like mental space. I have been doing extra journaling, extra drawing, just being very present in my creative practice consistently. So I'm really excited going to next year. I have a lot of ideas with how I want to continue to explore scale. Um, really merging that idea of sculpture and painting as well, um, on the painting surface, which I'm excited about incorporating light and shadow, which is a common theme in a lot of my pieces and products, but I've many ideas on how I'm going to expand that, which that's a great feeling as a creative. I think all artists can kind of agree of when you just feel like there's not enough time to bring all these <laughs> ideas to life because it doesn't always feel that way, even if it may on the surface. So that's been a huge win for me as prioritizing those early mornings again, And one seemingly insignificant win, but it was a huge one for me was redesigning my business card and getting it done. Because if you're also a creative or even just a business owner, you may know, I'm like, Oh, this was a business card that I made in 2019. When I first started, like I was just launching my website again. And so it was like very basic, which was fine. got the job done. Yeah. I think I ordered like a thousand of them. Um, and so I was like, great, I'm not going to think about redesigning this card again until I ran out. And then I had like 40 left and I was like, Oh crap, I need to redesign these. And it took me two months to redesign (laughs) it. It's one of those things that like kept getting kicked on the to-do list because I was clearly avoiding doing it. And then when I finally sat down to do it, didn't take that long actually on the contrary, it took me way longer than it should have. It took me like eight hours because I was overthinking it like crazy. Yeah. That's exactly why. And so I was like, you know what? I'm giving myself a date on this date. I have to just make a decision because we all know, like you can iterate and make option one, option two, option 27, as many times as possible. But I'm like, all right, as long as it has the information you need, if it's simple enough to where they can contact you, this itself doesn't have to be a piece of art. Like I could have literally made an entire <laughs> painting in the time I spent redesigning it. So definitely a good takeaway win of just put you, put a timer on yourself, yep. get it done. Yep. And now I ordered another thousand, so I'll redesign it a thousand cards from now. But <laughs> But it's also a good reminder if you're listening and if you're an artist that's had that one thing on your to-do list that you've just been kicking week to week and are clearly avoiding it, go ahead and make the decision either. Delete it off your to-do list Mm -hmm. because it might not be a priority right now, which Mm -hmm. is fine, but admit that to yourself or pick a day, schedule it in your planner in your calendar, whatever you use and just get it done. Because that's been one thing that I know we've both been thinking about of like going into the new year, what do we just want to have off of our plate? Mm -hmm. What will feel so good to not have that weight on your shoulders going into the new year?
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm with you on that. I don't even want to look up my business cards right now. Actually, I have like three designs in my studio. Yeah, Yeah. don't do that. Um, (laughs) That's a story for another day of how I mistakenly got a second design and it was like the wrong amount. Yeah, we're not doing that. (laughs) Um, Story for another day because that means I'm probably going to redesign them too. So here's eight hours of business card designs. (laughs) But um, I want to say like another win that I've had um, has been being more intentional about having in-depth conversations with either existing or potential Mm -hmm. art collectors and supporters as well, which may be folks that work in other art institutions um, or the ones hosting exhibitions and whatnot, and just gathering ideas on how to more effectively increase my exposure. So it's almost like, okay, do you guys even look at Instagram, right? And some of the folks I've been talking to, they don't. They only use Facebook. Or they learn about your art by going to an actual exhibition. Like, yeah. they're not looking online. So I'm like, why am I spending so many hours doing reels, for example, right? And not being salty about reels, by the way. I mean, it is what it is. It's all it's free. You either do it or you don't, right? right? Um. So I'm like, but instead of spending that time on reels, for example, then I could be like, okay, do I spend this time instead researching different galleries or different um, events like we've been talking about that I can go to where I can meet these potential collectors, right? Um, so I've been thinking a lot about that in the last few weeks and having more conversations and actually asking questions of them too. Like, Hey, what kind of pieces do you like? What sizes, what can you fit in your walls? Like, like in my brain, I just want to go bigger, 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 but obviously that is also limiting to who has the space to do that.
1: And I think that's a good question too, whether you have a studio or you're at a market, if, if you know, someone's kind of like really looking at your work potentially with the intention to buy Mm -hmm. one question I always ask that has been really good with like starting those conversations of, do you have a specific space in mind yep. for a piece? Yep, that's Cause a lot of the time they're like, Oh, like really like above my couch here. Or like we have this wall in our bedroom. That's like about this scale. Cause that is really helpful with informing your, how you're steering the conversation, mm-hmm. um, or helps them solidify like, Oh, we're just looking and maybe they are not going to be a visitor that purchases that day, which is totally fine. But it also helps, you know, that yeah, um, so it's a good qualifying question. Like, do you have a specific space in mind, or are you looking to buy for yourself or someone else? Yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: So that that's been interesting. Um, Also, because yes, you know, like we talked about doing the big paintings. The other thing that's always challenging is storage, right? And the bigger it is, the more space it takes. And you don't want to be storing them long term and possibly damaging the paintings while you're waiting for them to find yeah. a good home. Plus, if they're not exhibited, then nobody's seeing them, and if nobody sees them, how are they going to buy it? Anyways, it's like <laughs> this whole big like. Catch-22 situation. So it's been good kind of having those longer conversations with, yeah. again, potentials um, and existing collectors to try to figure out where should I put them? And part of the answer, you know, surprise, surprise. Uh-huh, not going to make you all wait. Um, uh, part <laughs> of what I've found so far, or at least in my conversations to synthesize it real quick, is essentially to find places to show them to increase the chances of them selling while being aware, of course, that once you do that, most of these places will want to cut
1: yeah so that has
0: to be you know a part the pros of pros and cons yeah yeah and of course your time getting them transported there transported back mm-hmm. Is there shipping involved like there's there's a lot more that goes into it versus selling it out of your own studio or at an, at an event mm-hmm. um, where nobody else is necessarily taking a cut yeah you commission from it um but yeah it's kind of weighing those pros and cons um so yeah so there'll be more Whether I apply to them or I get invited to them, there's definitely more uh, exhibitions and things in the future. Yeah. And Mm. I think
1: that's one thing that we are both facing now in terms of not necessarily a struggle, but a challenge (laughs) challenge that we're both like intentionally making decisions on is storage of inventory Mm -hmm. um, in terms of like number of paintings you have completed that are still orphan paintings looking for their new home Mm -hmm. um, or and inventory organization in terms of keeping track of, okay, these are in this exhibition from this day to this day. And then I have another exhibition two months after that, or at the same time. So that's been one thing that we have both been thinking about a lot too, is one, the organization systems for tracking inventory, but Mm -hmm. also those timelines. Um, And
0: production. I production. I think at least for me, that's where I'm like, And I think we may have touched on this in uh, some recent episodes, my crispy levels, so to speak. (laughs) Um, I think it's more the whole when it rains, it pours, which I am extremely grateful. Don't get me wrong. This is not a bad thing. The part that's challenging is suddenly saying, how many paintings can I crank out, crank out, so to speak? Um,
1: It's understanding capacity levels.
0: Yeah, without burning out are getting like, extra
1: crispy exactly turn into frosted flakes over here <laughs> just crispiness crumbling I don't know Mine,
0: mine's like ash cookies like they're, they're <laughs> so bright they turn into ash oh no but seriously like serious burnout can then deal to all kinds of other problems so it's been navigating how much can I realistically create within this time frame and also just because mm-hmm. you have an exhibition doesn't mean everything has to be brand spanking new so yeah. it's also like figuring out okay where are my paintings at right like exhibiting right now which ones are coming back and which of them can be incorporated into a upcoming exhibition and actually this is a good thing that's come out of doing the paintings as part of or having the grant be almost like a guiding light to this all being part of the same series because that means I've had a whole year worth of production where all these paintings actually talk to each other right had I been like shifting around with different um, different mm-hmm. bodies of work, then it would have been extra challenging to try to get them all into one exhibition because yeah. they wouldn't match. They wouldn't talk to each other. Yeah. And that's Not one, the same way.
1: anyways. And that's one thing. If any of our listeners are emerging artists or if you've only in- incorporated your work into group exhibitions, it's especially powerful with solo exhibitions or if you're submitting work, multiple pieces to a group exhibition um, is one thing that we always kept in mind from the early stages of our creative career but especially from when I was in college in my exhibition design class that really transformed my mind with art making because you think about oh what are the curator thinking what is the designer thinking of where the pieces go in a physical space what is the overarching storytelling narrative that this exhibition Mm -hmm. is having and then you can come in through the lens of the artist thinking okay as the artist providing these pieces presenting this story, what do I want the story to say? Mm -hmm. How do I want these paintings, as you were saying, Adriana, how do I want these paintings to talk to each other to show maybe the overarching evolution of a concept? Mm -hmm. Or is this going to be a definitive statement where they all are giving multiple interpretations of a concept? And so thinking about that, as we talked about earlier, the unique position of creating a body of work, knowing that they're going to be exhibited together together is super powerful, but also just as an artist, whenever you're developing a series, you also want to keep that in mind for the future solo exhibitions in your future of knowing that any of these pieces may be on display together and almost thinking of your entire body of work. When you're applying for exhibitions, that's one thing you want to keep in mind of, oh, like what narrative am I presenting them to present? It doesn't make sense if you're applying for a solo exhibition. If one painting is a oil painting of, I don't know, a fruit still life. And then one is an acrylic abstract geometric painting. And then another one is Pet like portrait oh, in watercolor. Yeah. And then one's like a woven <laughs> basket out of fabric. Like any one of those things would be a super powerful piece in the right narrative, but collectively maybe they're just strangers passing on the street it's not they're well, not a family and it
0: depends on the artist too and what level they're at because I actually do know a few artists that will do that but you see the individual pieces and you can tell it's the same person yeah they have to be tie-ins between yeah, all of them exactly and that's really 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 hard to do yeah <laughs> I can tell you from trying to do that with ceramics <laughs> and paintings that's really hard so for someone that can navigate all those it's nearly impossible Yeah, well it's not impossible because I've seen it right but it's what you want to be intentional about Well, exactly exactly, but it's it's a little bit easier, like we're talking about. It's like you can have several series bodies of work, but it's like if you know they're gonna be shown together, how do they tie with each other? How do yeah. they talk to each other? yeah, so, I exactly like that. but how about speaking of wins and all the things? How about regarding the online internets, the world of online, anything there that you're like, "I'm so excited about this I oh can't. man, I just can't.
1: Checking in. I, with our... I have one too. I have one too. I'm like <laughs> checking in with our online presence. Yeah. I think that has been one thing for me, my biggest win in that aspect kind of outside of the studio, but related, um, is just being very intentional as I always am about growing my newsletter, but starting to dabble again in short form video, um, both on Instagram and TikTok. Yes, but also on YouTube. And for me, a lot of it hasn't been, um, how do I put it? It's not necessarily the end product itself that has been the win, but the education that I've been doing in terms of investing in a GoPro camera, really experimenting with it, which they're not at final um, production <laughs> yet, but thinking of, oh, how can I do time-lapse differently? How can I do stop motion differently? i mean, are definitely just having fun with the process again, because I feel like a lot of the time I approach social media or marketing because I do have a full-time day job in that. It's very much like task oriented. Like, let me check it off this sheet of, I have to do these things in this amount of time, but it's been fun. Just being able to like play and experiment and have fun with video again. Um, and it's definitely something that I'm going to be doing more intentionally like each month in 2023. Um, so yeah, I've been loving that. So how about you? What's been your online presence YouTube when. channel is live. YouTube channel is <laughs> So I'm really
0: excited because much like you, like I've come to the acceptance of, okay, video isn't going anywhere, right? Yeah. And I think we may have mentioned this in a previous episode, the idea of like, like the struggle of short form versus long form and what was happening to me. I was like, it was taking me so long to do a seven second video that I was like, why am I doing this anyways? Um, like, and only 2% of my followers may see it. And then a whole bunch of random people in other countries, which is great, but also like, how does that lead to a result in terms of, like with any business, you do key metrics, right? And it's like, how is this translating the time I'm spending creating this thing into actual sales? If there's no direct translation... And there's no fun involved either. Right. Then why am I doing this? Because some internet guru told me I had to. Right. And I think
1: that's a key point too, when it comes to anything mm-hmm. social media related, online presence related. And we talk about a lot, like it's all based on what is best for you. Mm-hmm. Um, having some form of online presence is needed, especially when it comes to like a website or being at least somewhat present on social media or collecting emails for a newsletter, even Mm -hmm. if you don't send it consistently. Um, but that's one thing that I always go back to both when talking to my social media clients, even other artists, it's whatever is good for you. Yes. Mm -hmm. There's best practices, the ideal world. Everyone's making 500 pieces of content (laughs) a day and all this stuff. (laughs) Right. But like some people are just, they, the thought of doing a 15 minute YouTube video is far less appealing than doing like 50, 10 second videos. But as you were saying for the workflow for others, it's like, well, this 10 second video actually took me 30 seconds versus me. I'm like, I do like one, maybe two takes. And I'm like, okay, great. That's done. So like, I'm way more like casual about the production or there's planning or lack of planning or whatever. Um, and so I think it's about finding what works for you. And it's been so fun seeing you like explore your YouTube, your YouTube journey and seeing the end products of it, because that I feel like it resonates a lot better with you.
0: Well, and it's also like, I started looking at what do I consume, right? Like, Mm. and what kind of association I have with it. So for me, when I look at TikTok, I literally have to set a timer because it can be four hours before I even realize that I'm just sucked in. (laughs) So my association with TikTok is danger, 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 danger. (laughs) If there's no clock tied to it, I can literally get sucked in. So for me, I'm like, same thing with Reels, same thing with the ones that show up you know, YouTube shorts, it doesn't matter which one it is. Short form for me is consumes my time. It is entertaining, but it turned into like, I'd rather watch a video on YouTube of somebody else's vlog going through their studio and doing things. And whether it's like, they're just showing their day in the studio or like things that take longer. Or if I want to tell a story about a series of work, 15 seconds ain't going to cut it. I need more time (laughs) to like almost invite you into my space and be able to tell you this is what my series is about. I'm excited about this piece because of X, Y, Z, or look at the glaze on this, this is what happened. And I wanna do it in a longer form. Also because if, going back to the whole think about collectors, right? Or if I'm going to um, show my work for a gallery, right? Like I'm pursuing a gallery, I'm I'm not pursuing. (laughs) That sounds horrible. Um, I am uh, earning right? The, the, the trust of a gallery or a museum or an exhibition space, instead of saying, Hey, search through all my dancing videos to find the good one that yeah. actually talks about the core of my work. I'd rather send you a link to a 15 minute video that talks about the series that I'm proposing to exhibit in your space. Right. And like, it's like the
1: intended audience is different.
0: Exactly. And that's where I'm like, and I'm, you know, some of the videos I have are for other artists and things that have been impactful for me during my career and my growth um, as I go through it. So I'm like, it's more of a, it's still a video, and with that part of the part of the online presence, win has been okay. I'm trying to do them weekly. We'll see how that goes. We'll see how that goes. Weekly, I'm try- yeah,
1: yeah. Shh, sh- sh- we're not jinxing it. <laughs> you heard it here, folks. Weekly. <laughs> I mean, clearly, we love talking. We That's love talking. Why we well, like, podcast. love talking about our art. Yeah, and our podcast is weekly. So
0: I'm like. It's also going to help me, force me, force me, oh, also horrible word. No, it's going to encourage me to send weekly newsletters <laughs> yeah. because sometimes I'm like, I have nothing to tell people and it takes me forever to do a newsletter. There's but always if something I have, to tell people. I know. <laughs> but if I have not just the podcast, if I also have, well, and the podcast is mostly for other artists. Mm. And I'm like, my newsletter isn't just artists. It's also supporters and collectors. So I'm like, now if my YouTube channel is more geared towards supporters and collectors, Right other folks in the art industry I have a better or I feel more justified in sending that email because it's not to sell you things it's also to tell you hey this new painting you know that I did here's what it's about here's the story origin yeah. story or here's the process of mine that feels less icky than like I'm sending you an email because I have an event come by myself right so I'm like I need that to like I don't know we'll see how it goes we're not promising <laughs> weekly that's the goal, though. Yeah. Um, and I think they'll tie in better with me then showing up in social media to be able to announce, hey, on this week, like here's like a clip from the new video or here's the focus this week. It'll tie in a little bit better rather than having all these disparate pieces mm-hmm. everywhere and drive myself nuts. And then with that, it's turned into like I've always loved photography and videography, being able to then increase that. So you'll hear it here first it's not just an investment into the time for youtube it's also the equipment that goes into it yep. uh, one of them being a gimbal camera we're not talking about this today a gimbal camera and a drone so um yeah um uh, videography is like good yeah
1: it's yeah. taking a larger priority it in is both of our businesses but it feels
0: better because yeah. now i have a more you have a system well, and I have a strategic vision that goes with it. And we've been editing videos for how long now? Right. Over two years as part of the podcast and our own separate projects. Yeah. So now I'm like, I have a better idea of the workflow now. And like what I want it, what I want the product to look like. So it's not just the message. Yeah. It's also how I want to portray the message. much like
1: me. Yeah. And I think that's one thing yeah. as another takeaway in terms of like investments back into your business. One way that I've definitely approached my business in the past two years has been kind of with a cheap mindset, not in a negative way, but more so as a challenge, because there is something that happens when like, if you feel like money is a restraint, both personally or professionally in your business, it forces you to be creative. Mm -hmm. A lot of the time I feel like solutions are often attempted with just throwing money at it. Let's invest in this software. Let's invest in this random technology. When this day and age, there are so many free alternatives or elements that can do probably 80% as good as throwing extra money at it. And so my mindset has always been, especially as I'm still experimenting, thinking, do I prefer long, short form video or short form? Do I prefer this or that? When you're still experimenting and playing, whether it comes your creative practice with technology, with marketing, there's so many Maybe not free alternatives, but very affordable alternatives while you're still learning the bulk of the process. Because exactly. then you learn what really makes the difference. And I'm glad you mentioned that because it's like a couple of years ago, it wouldn't have
0: made sense for you to get a GoPro. Right. Or it wouldn't Absolutely have made not. sense for me to upgrade my video equipment. Right. Because honestly, we didn't know what we wanted. Not yeah. really. Or we were still experimenting and working with it. And for most people, the phone is fine. Yeah. I mean we learned phones right away. I know. We started bootstrapping it i think instead of cheap i think the word is like more bootstrapping. Bootstrapping. Like, gra-
1: like grassroots yeah, yeah it's not cheap yeah. it's, i think understanding that like when you make an investment in your business making sure i'm very confident in that decision mm-hmm. and i always ask myself um like is there a more affordable alternative mm-hmm. that won't compromise the quality that much. Yeah. Like we're it not a right. are not buying $500 microphones or like
0: a hundred bucks, which yeah. is
1: still an investment. And of course, but. like my long-term vision is to have six GoPros already <laughs> mounted, like a, like power sources connected in my studio. So I can walk in and just, Oh, let me press this button, activate camera number four. And it has this aerial, like <laughs> I have that vision for sure. But rather than buying seven GoPros at one time, let's start with one, see what angles do I like? Uh oh i find that i'm using these three all the time and then invest from there yeah and so i feel like yes you have made a lot of big investments with video (laughs) but it has been because of the experience and recognizing this is the biggest need that i have let's take that step it's not a full production studio in there oh my gosh! but it's taking the steps at the phase that you're at Mm -hmm. and not in like a little aspirational but not buying it way before you're too no before you're ready especially when it comes to technology Because if I were to buy a GoPro when I started my art business and I had the idea of like doing these videos and all these like YouTube things, like I probably would have started using it now. And at that point it would have been three years old and out of date. Exactly. So the technology is always like another one to be, don't buy it unless you're ready to like really invest the time to educate yourself with it.
0: And the supply store materials too. Yeah. You don't need to buy golden if your brand's faking new. But that's a conversation <laughs> for another day. The whole like how expensive shoot your art materials be when you're starting out. Yeah. Because there's different schools of thought. Oh, that's, that's not good, for today's video. It's a good
1: episode. We'll keep that in mind. Yeah,
0: we definitely have to. Yeah. But sustainability. How are you feeling?
1: Yeah. Before we wrap up our sustainability check-in, honestly, I'm feeling good, which I felt weird when thinking about our studio check-in now. Um, I feel weirdly energized when it comes to my business, which again, I feel like the narrative during this time is typically the opposite with a lot of people. Um, and I don't say that in like a, wow, I feel great. Like everything's perfect. Of course there's like (laughs) normal stuff, but I think because I've been intentionally focusing on my early mornings, I've been able to do a lot more, which at least for me has been helpful of, relieving that guilt of, oh, I should quote unquote, be doing this. I should be doing that because I think a lot of people can probably relate. That's what's typically really draining. It's not even the actions itself all of the time. Sometimes it is, but sometimes it's also the drainage of like, oh, I should be doing this. I should be doing that. Now I'm overwhelmed and I'm not doing anything. And then I'm stressed because I'm still not doing anything. That's dangerous. Yeah. And so it's, I think making the decisions early on a few months ago of these are what my priorities are for the quarter. This is what I'm committing to. And I'm not going to feel guilty or hold myself accountable for doing anything else. If an opportunity comes up and I feel like I have the energy and want to commit to doing that. Great. But like, these are my priorities sticking to it. Cause it's one of those decisions that makes other decisions for you, Mm -hmm. which is super, super helpful when it comes to sustainability. How about you? How are you feeling? (laughs)
0: <laughs> a little crispy around the edges. Um, but again, a little like we mentioned cookie. before, yeah, a little crispy cookie.
1: Um, <laughs> I think
0: most of it is coming from realizing okay, so usually for me, at the end of the year, it's a sprint, not a marathon, right? Um, as a small business, otherwise, it's not sustainable. Mm-hmm. Um, so normally, even if I sprint at this time of the year, it's not quote unquote that big of a deal because I'm like, January is usually pretty slow, right? right. And I, that's when I'll you know, recoup energies, but because I have exhibitions and things that start in January, Mm. there's no clear end in sight. (laughs) I have one week or two weeks off of, I don't have to do anything and I can just watch Netflix and pajamas and eat ice cream all day long for several days in a row if I wanted to. There's none of that. Not that that's the best way, healthiest way. (laughs) I'm looking at you because I know you're like the the healthier one of us, the two of us. Um, Salads, what is that? No, but seriously, like seriously. So that's been, I think, adding to the stress a little bit of not knowing exactly when I'm going to have time off. So what I'm doing to help counteract that a little bit is that I'm strategically looking at my calendar and saying, okay, um, if I'm dropping off work for this exhibition at this time and the next drop off is on this day, how many weeks do I have in between? And is there space there where I can say Friday's off? I don't know. Or Thursdays off, whatever the day is like, I've also been taking some ceramic classes that just ended. So I'm I'm like, I'm also about to reclaim my creative Wednesdays Mm -hmm. where it's a no, no appointments, no meetings, no, nothing. It's just to make and experiment and have fun. And it may or may not lead to something that's for sale, but who cares? Like it's just for that. Um, so I'm about to reclaim that. So I'm like, okay, as long as I'm respectful of those times for myself to recoup the energies, I know I'm going to be fine.
1: Yeah. Um, that's kind of your like, built in sustainability system. It is.
0: Yeah. I need to have that day where Jack is like, can we record on the state now? You know, yeah. it's Wednesday, sacred, know.
1: sacred Wednesday, which honestly that maybe we can do another episode after this. since I'm sure a lot of people are feeling very like crispy or on the edge of burnout <laughs> of what you can do as a creative. Yeah. If you're feeling that and how to actively recover After these sprints in our business, because the holiday is an obvious one, but they also happen at other points of the year. Yes, they do. So maybe some artist recovery helpful tips during this holiday season, because We definitely all feel it
0: at points. (laughs) (laughs) We definitely do. All right. Well, we're not going to keep you all uh, the rest of the evening because this conversation could keep going. We have obviously a lot of exciting things that we've been working on, but I think that gives you a good idea of what's been happening in our studio in the last few
1: months. Yeah. And as always, if you want to stay connected with the podcast, you can check out our blog where we have links in the show notes. We can find links to today's episode notes and links to all other podcast episodes absolutely if you want to stay connected uh in between episodes
0: share what you've learned you can reach us out through social media i'm at art across all platforms and i'm at
1: jay studio on all platforms or if you want to stay connected to the podcast we are at level Up artists on instagram and go follow both of us on youtube because we'll be putting out <laughs> way more content in 2023 on our individual youtube channels which will be linked below thank you so much for listening we'll talk to you next week